This is The Unholy Union. A podcast where you'll be subjected to highly offensive marital discourse. If you do not feel insulted during this week's episode, don't worry. We'll try harder next week. If you can relate to our ramblings, we want to be friends with you. If you believe that we take it too far or our mouths are too much for you, then with as much love and sincerity as we can muster, you can suck it. Welcome to The Unholy Union. We have a guest. Another guest. So excited for this one. (laughs) We're, we here at the Unholy Union talk all about mental health and what's going on in the world today. And a lot of that comes down to a mindset issue. Yes. So we're going to talk today to Phoebe Pierpoint. Phoebe is a mindset and peak performance coach that helps entrepreneurs take back their time and energy to start enjoying their life and business again. So after spending a decade working her way up through nearly every role in business to operating seven-figure companies, goodness, that's a lot, <laughs> she found that business strategy is only about 10% of the recipe for success. The other 90% that is often overlooked is tied to mindset. So her methods blend business growth strategies, mindset work, and self-mastery practices that lead not just to growth in business, but in all areas of life. So this ties in beautifully. I can't yes, wait to dive in I here. Know. I right. think you, you're probably very excited based on everything that we've talked about related to mental health. But let's dive in here with Phoebe. Again, yes. thank you for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. So how did you get your start? Yeah, that is a loaded question. <laughs> I've had several careers over the years. I actually started out uh, when I graduated in politics. Talk about developing mental health issues. <laughs> Starting out in politics. So that was an interesting study. I basically kind of just completely burnt out, hit rock bottom there, became disillusioned with the whole system and ended up having to start over completely. At the same time, my I had a complete health crisis. I uh, was told to go on disability for the rest of my life. So everything had just kind of come crashing down at that time. So I took about two years to kind of heal everything and, and recover from the health crisis that I was having. And I basically just had a new lease on life. I needed to find a new career. I couldn't go back to politics. I needed something that had more balance so that I didn't burn myself out. And so I just started kind of looking around on the internet and I um, saw this world of entrepreneurship and I was like, what? I want that. And so I reached out to five of the most influential entrepreneurs I could find and asked for a job. And one of them gave me a job. All right. (laughs) And so (laughs) network, baby. That's all that is. Yeah. So I learned business from this entrepreneur. And, you know, after a while of working with him, I went out on my own, started getting my own clients and got into the world of building businesses and then the world of mindset. And that's kind of how I got where I am in a in a nutshell. I mean, again, lots to talk about there. Like, (laughs) let's start with the politics. Are we talking like local or greater federal government or... (laughs) Yeah, I worked for a grassroots organization, a very large organization called Americans for Prosperity. So they are technically non-affiliated. However, they lean Republican, Libertarian. They all have to say they're unaffiliated, but let's face it, they're they're conservative. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was a, I was the deputy state director of the state of Arkansas at the time. So I uprooted my life to follow this career path. I'm originally from Kansas, moved my life first to Michigan or I mean, Ohio during the 20, 
oh gosh, I don't even know what year that was now, 2016 <laughs> or something. I don't know. It was so long ago. Um, blending the, together. The big, the big uh, election back then, whatever that was, it was like, uh, I don't even remember. That's funny. Um, <laughs> it was a pivotal year and then got relocated to Arkansas. So basically uprooted my entire life for this role. Right. And in a lot of cold states. <laughs> um, but that that's incredible you so you you were following this career and realized that it was having an impact on your mental health on your state of mind mm -hmm. what what was the point can you like pinpoint where it was um well there's just no identity outside of the role so it's 24 7 365 the minute i moved to arkansas there was so much hounding about changing my driver's license to an arkansas local getting an arkansas number like even almost developing the accent so that you just like become what they need you to be it's really uh it was really uncomfortable right <laughs> um it was just too much it was just there was no life outside of the work and i'm passionate about politics and people getting what they need and doing the right things and government and all of those things. But there has to be a point at which I begin and the work ends and all of that. So absolutely. for sure. So you had no outside of work life. No. In order That's to advance awful. in that. Yeah. In order to advance in that, you, you have no life. And I just wasn't willing to do that. For sure. Yeah. So. I, I have a similar experience with a previous job where it like you said, you have no sense of self anymore because you have to fill the role and be everything they want you to be. So that I fully identify with that. Yeah. Yeah. That you're to the point where you even said you can identify it. You knew it was taking over and you decided to make a change. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yes. And I think a few people do that. I tell a lot of people at my current job to set boundaries mm -hmm. because if you don't set those boundaries, they're going to take the time that they need from you and they're going to keep doing it until you say, no, that's enough. I really need to take a step back here and focus on myself. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. And you said that you had a major health crisis. Are you able to explain that mm -hmm. a little bit? Was it mental? I'm sure it was mental because having nothing but work is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's the most common thing that happens, I think, in it, this country these days exactly. is mental health crisis. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Lunch, Sherry. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I had a spinal in injury when I was in high school. I had a herniated disc and it just kind of kept getting progressively worse. I was a division two track and cross country athlete in college. And so that just kind of further deteriorated things to the point where I had numb. My legs were numb. I had pain all the way down my legs and was on 14 different medications just to keep the pain away, be able to sleep, be able to wake up, be able to function. Anyways, ended up having to drop out of college and give up my scholarship and everything to move back home and have surgeries. And I had three spinal surgeries that failed ultimately. Um, and so they told me that I should just go on disability, take all the meds and everything and hope for the best. <laughs> And I didn't listen to that. I, I did go on and just I kept taking the medications, hoping that I'll do the best I can. And eventually those broke my body down. <laughs> so yeah. I actually ended up developing a bunch of different autoimmune diseases because my immune function was just completely gone. And so I, I really I got I had rashes all over my body. All my joints were swollen. I had to wear gloves over my hands because I had like open sores and basically could not work, go in public and work anymore. So I did set boundaries and I told them like, I got to figure this health thing out. I'm, I don't know, am I dying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, 
And they were like, uh, well, we're not going to wait for you to figure that out. So you're fired, basically. Oh. Uh-huh. So everyone's worst fear of setting boundaries really came true for me, right? Like I did lose everything that I had and I was the primary breadwinner at the time. So it was kind of like the narrative was reinforced. Everyone fears setting boundaries. And in my case, it actually did cause me a problem. So that was, I was kind of forced to start over. It wasn't really my choice, but I, I mean, it was in a way I could have continued to sacrifice my health, but I just decided I'm going to figure it out. It's not worth it. Absolutely. So how, how are you doing with medications now? Are you, are you good? I'm totally off everything. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) the mind controls everything Mm -hmm. i'm serious like if you make a change like that it can Mm -hmm. still affect your overall health to where you don't need 14 medications just to go to bed and wake up that's right crazy yeah i basically just put every all the money we had left we sold our house and sold everything and just moved into an apartment so that i could focus on my health and checked myself into a holistic health clinic which i had never known anything about that side of medicine like i'd only known western medicine up until this point and i always thought eastern medicine was just junk and and whatever and it literally completely healed me it took a while it took about 18 months but i completely got all of my medications i have no pain in my back i'm an athlete again like it life is normal so do you think that has to do with anything like i don't know big pharma trying to push these medications down your throat instead of saying hey there's a route out there that that helps with this you know I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what I mean? there's some vitamins you can take that are <laughs> something out there that you can pull out of the ground that helps this, this, and this. They never push that first. 100%. Yes. Like you had to go out of your way to go find somebody that focuses on that. That's messed up. One, I know. Of, our, one of our previous episodes, was, he was uh, a food guy, he was an entrepreneur food guy. He does like, meals for hospitals and things like that. Mm, cool. He said hospitals spend the least amount of money on the food you put in your body. Yes. So you're in the hospital for diabetes and then they feed you all this shit. Right. <laughs> I know. It's it may it's all backwards. It is yeah. so messed up. Yeah, it was very eye-opening. It started me on a a path of like finding out all about this stuff and the corruption and the collusion and all yeah. of it. And I was in politics, so I was like familiar with, you know, crony capitalism and all of these things, but had never really experienced it in that way. I'd always blindly trusted medicine and doctors, and that's not For to sure. say that they're evil or bad. They've just been taught a certain way and had no clue that there was a whole nother philosophy and whole nother world out there. Right. It's a business and they have to stay in business. And yeah. to stay in business, they're not going to tell you to go find yeah. a route. Right. <laughs> Back to the root. Yes. Um, but I mean, on that topic, though, you essentially had to what you what you are working towards and what your business is change your mindset, right? You are changing what you thought about Western medicine and finding something else that works for you. I mean, mm-hmm. at what point did the idea of mindset and peak performance coaching? How, how did you get there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, part of it was because I had mastered, not mastered, but I had overhauled my own 
uh, health journey. And I had had control over that where I never thought you, I thought it was just luck as to whether or not you're healthy or not healthy. And when I realized that you actually have way more control than you think, and the general wisdom out there is actually hurting you and you can take back your control, you're not a victim um, to what you're eating and what the doctors are telling you and your genetics and all of that stuff. I was like, wow, I got to tell everybody about this. I got to help other people take back control because otherwise they're just feeding into the system without realizing it um, of, you know, thinking that everyone else is smarter than them and they don't have the power to change their life or change their health. Um, so then I kind of went in, into some healthcare stuff. We can skip over that. I went into holistic medicine and started doing marketing for a national chain. And anyways, by the time I got into business, <laughs> what I realized <laughs> was that the mindset of the entrepreneur was the key to whether or not they could actually have the growth and the success that they wanted. It wasn't the systems and the strategies and the business tools. It was really about their view of themselves, their view of what's possible, um, their view of what they want to do in the world. All of those mindset things were the key to their success. So that's when I got the idea to switch more into that realm instead of so much business strategy. Wow. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I the way that you have talked about your journey, essentially, like from everything that you went through personally through your career and then to get to this point, like you can see it. It's almost like a visual yeah. world, right? Yeah. So th this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess let's let's dive into that a little bit more. So what area do you find most entrepreneurs excel or struggle with during coaching? Yeah. Well, there's certainly a lot of patterns that we all hear about, like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, shiny object syndrome. You know, there's all the usual. I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lack of discipline, struggles with commitment, motivation, you know, all of those same stuff. However, the the challenge for people is finding out where that comes from and what's behind it because that's different for everybody. Every single person has a different life experience, life journey, life perspectives that feed into how their version of our, our human struggles like shiny object syndrome or whatever it is manifests. And so I help them understand for them where that comes from, what it means, why it's there, and then you can actually solve it in, in their way. So no two people are exactly the same. There are patterns as to what we experience, but where it comes from in their journey is very, very different. So what, what would be the most common thing that blocks entrepreneurs? What do you think? I know everybody's different, but there's got to be like mm. a more common thing that holds people back. It just depends. I will say entrepreneurs are typically very easily distracted. So shiny object syndrome is a very, very big problem with entrepreneurs. And they always think that if they can get something else or something more or something different, that it's somehow going to make things easier. But the fact is that entrepreneurship is hard and nothing is going right. to change that. And so you have to work on your relationship to it being hard then that will solve your shiny object problem. Now, sometimes we do need another tool or another solution or something, but nine times out of 10, you have everything you need. And you're just at that point seeking because you don't feel worthy enough or you don't feel good enough. And that's what's at the heart of your shiny object syndrome. So that's a big thing. Yeah. I see that problem a lot in my working experiences, people wanting to buy new software 
throw <laughs> throw software at a problem. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not going to fix it. <laughs> it's just going to cost you more money. It's creating another problem. Yeah. Have you noticed in a pattern, I guess, with uh, the different generations that are currently in the workforce? Because I know many entrepreneurs who are boomers all the way down to millennials. So boomers, <laughs> yeah, they're out there. Uh, which I guess of the issues that you kind of just gave a list of, do you think is most common for which generation? Like mm. to me, I would say maybe imposter syndrome would be more for the millennials mm-hmm. than shiny object for boomers. But that you know, just guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, with boomers, what it is, is generally it's the difficulty in understanding technology and social media and feeling really uncomfortable with it. They have way more of a relationship to privacy than younger people do because in not everybody was in everybody's business when they were growing up. And so social media feels very invasive to them. And so they have a really hard time embracing social media, embracing new technology, and just this world where everybody sees you. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, my dad, he's he's on Facebook, but he don't put his picture up there. Mm -hmm. He's only on there to talk to like, you know, relatives that aren't aren't local. (laughs) that makes sense it's all Um, out though (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's funny yeah my mom will text me and she's like so and so added me as a friend what do you think that's about and I'm like I don't know mom it was probably just something she just clicked because she saw you saw your recommended friend pop up like I wouldn't read too much into it people are friending all the time every day it's not personal (laughs) right isn't that messed up she's nice (laughs) friending someone is not personal Right, right. All right. Well, kind of going along the line again of some of the things that you have been discussing thus far. I mean, when you think of someone who requests your coaching, requests to have their mindset changed, do you think that there are people with unhealthy mindsets that need to be changed? Or do they have a healthy mindset, but just need like coaching in order to use it? Like, Hmm. does that make sense? Unlock it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. This brings up the concept that there's no such thing as right or wrong when it comes to mindset, really. Um, What it is that we're looking at is, is how you're using it right or wrong for where you're wanting to go, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, um, someone can be a very outgoing and talkative person, someone that's a people person that likes to network, has a really hard time focusing. We might say, oh, your lack of focus is a problem. But in reality, what we can look at is hiring the support that's needed to do the focus work so that that person can be in their zone of genius and doing the things that they love. That's totally fine. We don't need to turn you into a focused person just because that's what's needed in your business. We can put you into a place where you can be in your zone of genius and use your natural personality or natural mindset, whatever you're good at, to, to grow things. So it's not so, but, but if they're using their tendency to not do their work and they're also not hiring anyone or doing anything about it and everything is crashing and crumbling, then it's a problem. But it's not so much that they and how they operate are wrong. If that makes right. sense. You just utilize someone at, for their strengths and mm-hmm. not say, Hey, we're going to mm-hmm. put you in something that you're not so strong in. Perfect. And then expect them to perform to their peak. It's like, oh, they're not good at that. Well, it's like yeah. filling in the gaps. I mean, 
for an organization or for an entrepreneur starting their business. Like they can't be good at everything. Right. So knowing your gaps and filling them in. I, I, wow. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, so all kinds of sound bits. I love it. <laughs> but I guess let's take it one step further. Right. Uh, what or how, I guess, during coaching, do you identify what is a mental health blocker versus a mindset blocker? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. So when we look at um, mental health versus mindset, they are different um, because I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. Right. And a lot of my clients have therapists or psychologists uh, or psychiatrists as well. Um, but the difference really is that mental health could be a a sort of um, like a health condition, a diagnosis, a condition about how things are wired or how things are working, whereas mindset is all about your choice on your perspective. It's not; it doesn't have to do with how you're wired or or how your brain is working. If that makes sense, mental health yes. is more about how your brain's working, whereas mindset's more about how you're using your brain. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That so using sense. the power of it. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Trying to restructure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you're holding yourself back, and we can change that. Not- right. Hey, mm-hmm. you got a mental condition. Now, you a need lot to go of mental. Yes. Now, there's also the distinguish in mental health where there's actually like a physical component, but then there's also what you do to your mental health by how you're operating or how you're thinking, right? So, when I was married to my work and my job, um, that was affecting my mental health. Um, not, right. There wasn't any sort of physical condition that was a problem uh, in my mind anyway, but there was what I was doing to my mental health and my my confidence and my identity and all of those things that did have an impact. So in that way, coaching does dive into mental health as far as like what we're doing to it, but not so much how our brain is wired. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I, I can see what you're doing, you know, changing your mindset having a positive effect on mental health, not yes. the other way around, you know, it it could be an alternative to yes. having to be on a bunch of medications, because if you, if you fix that, mm-hmm. you know, with your work, it also translates into life too. Yes. I mean, your, your story is a perfect example of that. You know, you switched from work 24 seven to, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to focus on me mm-hmm. or if you're an entrepreneur, your business, and then yourself as well. I don't know. I, I, I like this stuff. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) A lot of mental health stuff stems from a lack of agency. So if we feel disempowered, like we don't have agency in our lives, like we don't have control, like we don't have any say in how our lives are going financially, relationally, uh, any of those ways, then we will suffer mentally as a result. Agency is huge. And so if you don't feel like you have control over your health, control over your relationships, control over your finances, then it's going to lead to a sort of feeling of being down or depressed. Yeah, empty. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I guess if someone comes to you during coaching and you identify burnout, mm-hmm. I mean, to what extent would you recommend a mindset change versus possibly mm-hmm. mental health <laughs> yeah. break or complete career change like you underwent? And uh, so for burnout specifically, I guess, what what would you advise? 
Yeah. So almost every situation is a combination of how that person is thinking and how that person is operating. There's almost never a situation where it's all about how they're thinking or all about how they're operating. It's usually a combination. So the coaching that I do is focused on changing how you're thinking and also changing how you're doing things. So we're going to look at first and foremost how you're doing things because that's actually the easiest to assess and see if there's any any opportunities there to improve things just for how you're doing them, whether we need to systemize or have a difficult conversation with someone or cut somebody out or bring somebody in. Like, what are all the things we need to do to work on this situation? And then what are the elements of how you're thinking that is also contributing to this situation? And that's the more difficult, more longer term element that's harder to work on. For sure. Well, that honestly sounds just like mental health. Uh, I mean, I know there's a clear line and we've identified that. for sure. But it sounds like mental health because you can have a physical issue and it's easy to diagnose, right? It's something that doctors do every day. But when it becomes mental, becomes your thought process, becomes something internal, it takes longer. Yes. We know nothing about the brain. (laughs) Because I went to the hospital for five days for OCD and... When I was there, it was clear to me that we have no idea what is happening up there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so complex that there's no, there's, we don't have the same doctors that somebody with a heart condition would have. Right. They have specialist upon specialist upon specialist. You have, you know, I don't know how many chambers in your heart oh. you, you've got, <laughs> you've got a doctor for each chamber in there, you know, but with your brain, it's like, eh. Chamber of secrets. What? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That. <laughs> But it's crazy, though. Yeah. I, I don't. Don't get me started on the mental health stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will never stop. <laughs> but I can, honestly, though, what, b- before I had my big mental break, I probably could have used your assistance because it had a lot to do with me and my work performance mm-hmm. and not feeling like I was doing good enough or that they were always... Watching. Looking at me and watching me and saying, hey, he's not doing really good. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like seriously, though, when I, I took a new job and that kind of broke it. Right. When I took that job, it was a senior level position. And I felt like, how the hell am I supposed to do this job? You know, mm-hmm. obviously it was a pay raise and stuff, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I was so scared. It was like a big jump in responsibility. And I felt like I wasn't worthy of, right. of that. But, mm-hmm. and, and that ended up snowballing into a five day hospital visit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much of our identity is tied into what we do and how we do them. And so when we feel like we have to ob- obsess over the things we're doing in order to get value, then, um, it can go a very dark, dark way because for sure it's often not possible to get worthiness from what we're doing. And so we just continue trying and trying and trying to find it there and we don't find it. And then we drive ourselves crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Self-worth a hundred percent. Start building a case that they don't think you're worthy and then you're going to get fired. And that was, that was me every day. Yeah. Yeah. For two weeks. And then we were in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the hospital we can laugh like about it now. 10 we can. times and then, <laughs> And then I went to the hospital right. for real. Yeah. We laugh about it now. We've come a long way. Yes. But with, I think 
the way that our culture is turning, right? The way that America is turning right now, there are more and more, what do we want to say, uh, company corporate type issues. And I think COVID brought it about, right? Mm-hmm. When we all went remote and had to go home, it became very apparent that when we went back, we could do our jobs at home. <laughs> yeah, why are we doing this? Right. So I guess with the turn of COVID, have you noticed a change in coaching or have you noticed um, things that are just feel different, I guess, um, from your experience throughout your uh, opportunities and your, what I want to say, jobs, that's the word, <laughs> up to now to coaching um, post-COVID? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't coach corporate. So in that case, um, the entrepreneur industry was very different because they were set up for success in COVID because they didn't really have as much brick and mortar. Um, you know, it, they weren't, they were, uh, many entrepreneurs were affected, but it wasn't as bad as say the corporate environment, right? Um, where people were getting laid off and there were all kinds of changes and, and, and everything was operating differently. Um, But what I will say with the entrepreneur community, what I noticed was a lot of social anxiety developed during COVID um, because we weren't as used to interacting with people in the same way. And a lot of people saved a lot of money during the pandemic because they weren't going out. And so they didn't have as much need or incentive to get back into work. And so those were the biggest problems that I saw coming out of COVID was social anxiety and a lack of motivation and also feeling very disconnected to to the goals and things they had before. I think a lot of people had a wake-up call during COVID that like, I don't actually need all these materialistic things. I don't actually need to be doing all this stuff to be happy. At least that was some people's experience. And so it kind of upset a lot of of industries. Absolutely. Well, we didn't save any money because that DoorDash bill was super high. <laughs> <That's fair>. <laughs> <laughs> well. Along that now with your coaching, is there any key issues that most entrepreneurs are feeling or even their employees, like uh, people that are employed by those entrepreneurs? Are there anything that today's world that they're facing that are commonalities? Mm. I think that in today's world, it is everything has changed so rapidly in technology for from the last like 20 years. And so I think as a as a society, we're sort of trying to find that balance between wanting to grow and move fast and going back to our roots of what makes us human, which is really just connection and um, love and simple happiness, right? And so entrepreneurs are always trying to find that balance of how much more do I need because we're kind of addicted to that growth mentality and seeing what we're capable of and always doing more. And so that they want to throw that into business. But what you can do is throw and find out what you're capable of in your personal life into something that's more meaningful. It doesn't have to just be business. And yet that seems to be all they know. And then they end up in a life where they're not feeling complete as a result. Um, And so I also help and encourage people to realize that you can bring joy and happiness into, you can find that in other areas of your life outside of business and a lot of accomplishment. And um, people have this idea that, oh, if I'm not being productive, then I feel bad. But productivity does not just mean work. Productivity can mean resting. Productivity can mean spending time with your family. There's Productivity is not just related to work. <laughs> wow. You said something so mind-blowing that 
I, I need a second. But <laughs> that, the idea that growth mentality, I have heard so many companies say this as one of their values, as one of the things that makes them a differentiator in their industry. We have a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. But how toxic is that for we as people? To your point, like you can have a growth mindset in other areas of your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like growth at all costs. Right. right. So bad. Wow. Yeah. And that goes back to looking at how you're using these concepts, how you're using your mindset. Are you using it to help and better yourself and be more happy? Or are you using it to compete and achieve? And not that those things are bad, but they can become toxic if they're at the expense of other things in your life. And some people have just because we're raised in such a culture that um, that loves growth and achievement, people forget that there's other things that you can work towards in life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That that that's powerful. I have a a this wasn't on the list, but I wanted to ask. It just popped into my head. How has AI mm. affected entrepreneurs right now. Mm-hmm. I know that's the big thing right now and it's scary to some and some people are embracing it. What have you seen so far with artificial intelligence and does it scare you that the world's going to end? You <laughs> threw with that last part, didn't you? And how do you feel about the world ending? <laughs> oh man, that's funny. take. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, well, the general consensus with AI in the entrepreneur community is a positive one because we're always looking for things that can make our lives easier because they're all workaholics and they're so obsessed with with the business and making it better and making it easier. So it's generally a positive outlook because in entrepreneurship specifically, so many brands are built around the person and AI can never replace that, at least not really. Um, And so it's generally positive right now. I can see where in the corporate world, because it's going to be replacing a lot of jobs, why that is the opposite in, say, the corporate world. Um, But in entrepreneurship, it's actually very, very positive. Um, As far as the world ending because of AI, um, well, the world could end for a lot of reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That might be one of the better ones. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like AI ending the world, yeah, might be one of the better ones. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Terminator comes to life, you know. And now we go into conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, <we> right. <laughs> well, I mean, you've given us so much. Like that, all the things that we've talked about have been amazing. What, where do you see yourself, your coaching business, your mindset in five years? <laughs> um. Well, my five-year plan, since I'm turning 35 this year, my five-year plan is to actually be able to retire at 40. What that really means is not that I'm going to start working, but that my life is fully funded so that I can totally operate from a place of abundance rather than needing to make money to afford my life. So that's kind of my big five-year goal, I would say. Um, As far as where my mindset is in five years, Lord only knows. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. But my focus right now is increasing my impact. So I've always had a one-on-one business up until now. This year, I launched my first uh, group program 
I've always shied away from that because I like to remain anonymous. I like to remain behind the scenes as much as talkative as I am and as much fun as it is being here with you folks. I'm really uh, not one to be a public figure or out in the spotlight or anything. And so that has been the mindset shift that I've been growing into because I have a strong desire to increase my impact. I want to do the hard thing that's not maybe so much natural for me. That's awesome. You're a natural at this. I mean, (laughs) this has been great. Yeah, for sure. You're better than us at this. Right. (laughs) We haven't been doing this very long. uh, The idea of retiring at 40, though, and I I get what you're saying, that you're coming from a point where you just want to be funded. And that, I think, is something that that's not a, an American culture right. thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not. It is not something that I think is on anyone. And you're 35, Russ is too, and I'm 33. We're yeah. technically millennials. So <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a brag a little bit. Um, but no, so it's not a lot of on millennials' minds. Like even Gen Z, I wouldn't think is thinking that way. Right. Yeah. So for you to ha- say that, that, that gives way to it. Hey, it could be possible, right? You you have a plan and you're going to make it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of people maybe just don't think that way, right? So mindset change right there in that it could be possible if you have that mindset to achieve it. Yeah. yeah well, a lot of people have the opposite view right now. They're very negative about what's possible with money. And I, I hate seeing that narrative out there that I'm never going to be able to get above inflation or, you know, be able to own a home and it's impossible to have the American dream now. You know, I hate seeing that narrative. So a lot of people are feeling very defeated around money right now. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we are not, we, but as a culture, we, we? Op- operate on debt yeah look you know that's a big problem is people buying things they can't afford just because you can drop oh that that thing over there is 500 bucks a month i can afford that right then it's it's piling up well what people don't realize is that we have contributed to the culture that we have right now so our participation in the consumerism has created the inflation in a lot of ways and we want to blame the government we want to blame greedy corporate capitalism but they're just responding to our demands. And so the more people that step out of that world by creating satisfaction in themselves, then the more that the culture and the environment is going to have to shift eventually. Right. And I think we're starting to see the first phases of that, to be honest. I think so too, because the, a lot of stuff is super expensive and people can't afford it, but Mm -hmm. People have that I want it now attitude. And of course, they're going to provide you an option for payments. <laughs> you, <laughs> right. know, you know, exactly. that, route, that route over there is super expensive. You got to pay for it with monthly payments. The route. <laughs> yeah, the route. We're going to find a route for you. Okay? <laughs> yes. Find one. We'll call it the Russ route. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's crazy, though, because... I mean, we we have budget issues. I'm not gonna we lie. Did. Yeah, we did. We're, we're we're a lot better now. Right. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. We worked hard. We worked hard, and we 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 changed our mindset. We did this, but uh, envelope budgeting. We use this app called Cube, and it requires mm-hmm. you to put money into boxes and all that mm-hmm. stuff, or you can't spend it. And that helps a lot. But it seems like money is such an afterthought for people yeah. until they want something, mm-hmm. and then. Ooh, shiny. Yeah, they spend money on stuff that they don't need, mm-hmm. they just want, mm-hmm. but they don't have the money for it. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Right. 
and it doesn't make you feel any better. And so if you can just take a step back and reevaluate your perspective, reevaluate your mindset on everything, you'd be surprised what possibility opens up. Um, and it, it, it's a, it turns out to be a way more enjoyable life. Um, that's not to say that you can't have lots of things and nice things. I do plenty of really amazing things in my life. Um, but I'm also very intentional about which things I'm choosing. It's not that I'm just falling prey to, um, a competition or an ego, you know, match with, with other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Especially what you see on Instagram and all the social media platforms got to keep up with the Joneses kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at look at TikTok. They've got that shopping thing now. It's like they got to they're constantly pushing people to buy stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, let's switch gears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in your free time, what mm. what's your favorite thing to do? I love to travel. So um, I just actually finished my vision board last night um, on New Year's Day, right? Um, and have on my board, there's 95 countries that I want to visit. I think I've been to like 25 or something. I don't know. I lost count. Um, and one of my passions is learning languages. So I love to learn the languages of the places that I want to spend the most time in. So I speak Spanish and English. I want to learn Italian and German as well. Um, so that's what I spend my time doing, traveling, learning languages, Um, I'm getting my doctorate in metaphysics, which is a totally useless, useless doctorate degree, but it's fascinating to me. So that's fine. I love to hike. I love Colorado skiing. Very, very active. I'm doing like a hundred mile bike trip this year in one day, which is just a fun challenge. Yeah. So I keep busy. A hundred miles. Yeah. I'm about to pass out. I know. A hundred miles of anything, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you said a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been to 25 countries. I don't you said something like, something that. like that. Okay. 26. Then- Only the, the best routes. <laughs> I'm sourcing roots from all over the world. Yeah. 96 <laughs> different kinds of roots. <laughs> okay. But does that, is that encompassing of the 95 that you want to go to or is that um, excluding? No, there were some that were random because they were just like part of a trip, but um, I probably wouldn't have chosen to go to Liechtenstein, but I did. So that's fine. <laughs> I didn't know that there was 95 countries in the world. I think, right? I'm some, so I'm trying to do the math in my head. Like, she's been she's, to 25. She wants to go to 96. There. Yeah. I probably will not. You know, it's just one of those things where I listed out all the countries. I did really surface level research to like put them on the list or not. And it turns out I was like, oh, I kind of like all of these. So what am I going to do? Basically, just you see live- as many as I can. For sure. So you live in Colorado. Do you do any mountain biking? Well, that's what we're about to do for this yes. hundred mile mountain bike thing that we're gonna do. I don't did not do any mountain biking because um, it's so hard. Your first your first stint is just gonna be a hundred miles. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> right, right. So I'm about to be a mountain biker. All right. that he said. Do you li- you live in the best state for it? Truly, really. I mean, other than Utah, I, I think. Well, that's where you're... the that's where we're going is Utah. Yeah, that's. Where oh, we're okay. Going. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're gonna do the Red Bull Rampage as your first uh, <laughs> your first stint with mountain biking. 
to see <laughs> on the X Games and all that stuff. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, all all right. right. Another fun one here. Yep. It's how we always end our question. Yes. Our podcast, not question. Episode. We wrap up our questions. Yes, That's the there word. There we go. You're good. You're good. <laughs> what would you do tomorrow if you won $10 million tonight? Oh, my gosh. That's such a hard, <laughs> such a hard question. Isn't um, that funny, though? It's like everybody yeah. thinks all the time, like, what? Well, man, I'd love to win the lottery, but then no. you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, do it. Do. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, first of all, I would, of course, set my mom up for the rest of her life, for sure. And my mom. Yeah, mom, love you. (laughs) Absolutely. I would set her up and probably my entire family and anyone else I care about, I guess. So if you're my friend, you're on the list if I ever win $10 million. If you're not, well, too bad. (laughs) Are you on Facebook? Can we find you on Facebook? Can we find you? You remember that that dumpy (laughs) podcast you went on that one time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would it would pay to be friends with me um if i ever win, win the 10 million that, there's a huge caveat there but um right. anyways so definitely would do that first and then with ever with what was left mm, i would probably find something that i think is the future for making the world better that is likely not getting a voice because of the powers that are in place actively sabotaging it so sure. I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> there's a lot of them. Holistic medicine is holistic definitely medicine. Yeah, even um, you know, non-gas powered, non-gas power in general, like the fuel industry keeps innovation at bay in that oh, yeah. area. So who knows what it would be? EVs aren't the only thing out there for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Yep. I know. Yep. So I'd find something like that, or maybe a couple things, and and prop them up so that the they can compete with the powers that that be <laughs> oh yeah for sure that's a cool answer i, I like it too I, <laughs> I think i wish there were more people out there that were willing to do that mm-hmm. i know there's so much innovation that could be had but that big that big money is squashing it as I soon know. as it as soon as somebody says something yeah. it's like no we gotta buy them out and I shut know. it down i know it's like i saw it on youtube or something he somehow added some module to his car and i think he poured you could pour water in it and mm, it gave heard him like, that. yeah it was like 200 miles a gallon mm-hmm. of gas it, it didn't replace gas but right it, like it supplemented it he got 200 yeah. miles a gallon you know a gallon of gas and he disappeared where'd he go <laughs> he got paid he won 10 million dollars today he got paid gone off. tomorrow i, I don't yeah. know he, he either got paid off or they just yeah i don't know I don't know. Don't get me in started with conspiracies. We're not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why I appreciate people like Elon Musk, who has so much money that you can't stop him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He's not afraid to put his his name out there and and say weird, not weird things, but things that people consider to be conspiracies. Right. We'll see what everybody's thinking. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to jump into politics, but all this this stuff about covid and and things if you said that it was generated in a lab mm-hmm. back when the pandemic was happening right. people said you were a conspiracy theorist right right well it just came out that that was actually true <laughs> you I say, that. yeah because you because you said it back then you were a conspiracy theorist and now and now they don't want to talk about it you know yeah. it's, it's crazy stuff don't get me started on all this we won't 
down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phoebe, we thank you for your time. Yes. This has been an awesome. I, I feel like the idea of mindset versus mental health, but the conjunction that they meet. I mean, it's so important in today's world. So we, again, can't thank you enough. Great conversation. Let people know where they can find you. Yes. Social yeah. media, website. Yeah. So I actually have a, um, a free training if people are interested in mindset work. Um, it's a comprehensive training, um, but it is completely free if you want to check it out. It's um, my website, yourlifearchitect.com slash mindreset. And it's everything that I do with my clients condensed down into a little mini training. So you, there's a like a 20-page workbook that goes along with it. It's very comprehensive, so people can check it out there. Um, my social media, <laughs> not a big social media person yet, but my, you on Facebook, um, though. <laughs> my Instagram, um, it's funny because I do actually have a lot of followers because I was on a reality show a long time ago when we were in the RV, but it's mostly Irish followers because it's an Irish reality show. <laughs> <laughs> so random. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> that one I feel like I should be a stand-up comedian because I just have like the most random bits. It's <laughs> in an RV. Anyways, my Irish Instagram followers. Um, it's uncage underscore me. Uncage underscore me is where you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. awesome. And all these links, I'll, I'll make sure they're in the show notes too. So whatever yeah. whatever yeah. platform you listen on, the links will be in the show notes. It won't be too hard to find. Phoebe. Yeah, feel free to Go. send me a message. Exactly. Go yep. find Phoebe. Change your mindset. It's what we do here at Unholy Union. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Unholy Union podcast. For more Unholy Union content, check out our social media at Unholy Union Cast on Instagram and Twitter. We also have Facebook and TikTok. Want to support the podcast? Rock some merch. Check out our merchandise store on our site at unholyunionpodcast.com. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to have you back next week. It's what you do with things you love.